You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. The following podcast may contain explicit material. You have been warned. Flying towards a setting sun in a Honda Accord of gold. The AC stringing against the funk because our socks and drawers are old. On the 105 for an afternoon drive, whizzing by the freeway flora. In the passenger seat is my best friend Pete, a fat man in a fedora. Breaker 1-9, this is Drachnar the Dark. I was momentarily detained in the hotel entrance, fat beard. The valet was trying to charge me an exorbitant fee. It appears we have ourselves a game con. Yeah, we got ourselves a game con, playing for four days straight. We got ourselves a game con, our hygiene it can wait. We got ourselves a game con, our games after fun. And we'll be playing all the night. Till the morning sun. Thank you for joining us for, uh, what is this, Season 17, Episode 17 of Happy Jacks Overture Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And this is Bill. Hi. And this is our third live episode, and things are going to get smoother. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get rougher. They no, don't say, don't say that. that. <laughs> At least it's not raining. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's not a lightning storm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this episode of Happy Checks RPG Podcast, we will uh, we got an email from Paul from Philly, who's writing in about wrench-throwing players and how it's not all fun and games. Audrey from Texas writes in about Numenera and GMing and stuff. Chuck writes in with even more Numenera love, because I, wow. I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I've never heard of anyone playing Numenera. Uh... Mr. Mulder from Denmark, Sweden. That was what he. That'll make sense later. Writes in with. Some <laughs> it's like really. <laughs> writes in with some advice for his upcoming Savage Worlds game. Uh, Magic Octopus asks about getting emotional investment from his players, and our friend from Newfoundland has is starting a vampire game, and can't come up with any good ideas. Oh no. Before we get into the first email, uh, if you'd like to, if you would like to email the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail That's happyjacksrpg at gmail uh, Also, um, I was asked to make an announcement about TravelerCon USA, hmm. which is a traveler game convention, Ooh. October seventh through 9th in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So, if you're in the Lancaster or Greater Lancaster, Pennsylvania area, to go to Pennsylvania. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a reason to go to Pennsylvania before. <laughs> you no, know, well, Pittsburgh, because Smith went to CMU, so I went back. Oh, we went okay. back there for a wedding, and I saw a Pirates game. Oh, did you? The nice ballpark. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's a it's a sports thing. Oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, sports okay. ball. Um, okay. So anyway, if you'd like to go to the con, Traveler Con. That's with two L's now, because this is the role-playing game. TravelerCon-USA.com Because I guess Traveler with two L's is the English way of spelling it. Traveler with one L is the Sure, if you're yeah. unclear as to whether it's an English version, just throw in an extra letter. Yeah. Yes. Usually an E at the end. Or a U. Or a U. Or a U. Those are popular. Yeah. An extra vowel is always popular. Right. So before we go on to the first email, it is time for the tip of the week. Does anyone have a tip of the week? Or are we going to skip the tip of the week? I can do a tip of the week. Okay, do a tip of the week. All right. You want, you want, here, let, me, let me play the tip of the week intro. Okay. I'm so excited that we're finally getting all our sounds on the board. 
It just that has is, a whole new like twitch inducing like <laughs> thing for me with the baby. Like no crying. <laughs> so this tip of the week actually comes from a Facebook conversation I'm having with a listener, um, and he wrote me saying how he tried my uh, go to with uh, at a convention with where the people don't get to see the character sheets before they mm. sit down. Um, and I, I'm just going to give that as an option for people who are running convention games, especially um, because it does. You get the people who show up first, and they go through all the character sheets, and they pick the one they want. Um, and it really kind of like uh, lends an element of surprise. So basically, you put all the character sheets in a folder or something else that hides it, and then wh- you put a symbol or something like that on top of it, so they can get something about the character, but it's not necessarily like the whole rundown. So it, it kind of, you know, gives the <coughs> min maxers a little bit of a. A little bit more to work with. Sometimes they can't just pick like the most powerful character that they can like leet and kill people with. Um, and uh, this listener actually did uh, musical instruments on oh, their cool. folders, which is really cool, and it tied in with the story and stuff like that. So that is going to be my GMing tip of the week. If you are trying to run a con game, uh, try that and see if it works for you, and see if you like what it does with your game. Excellent. So wait, before we dive into emails, okay, right. I brought this thing to share. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we yeah, talk yeah. about Kickstarter all the time and right. how it's a total crapshoot, and we've obviously have some very strong opinions on the show about <laughs> kick, about Kickstarter. Yeah, but uh, I love Kickstarter, and I think I'm like I don't think I've had one fail, so I'm super lucky. Right? Awesome. Um, and this is the latest one that came through. So this is this. If awesome you want any pointers on ones to pick to break that record, let me know. Okay, I will. <laughs> That's good. Um, I also like everything I've gotten. That's the other flip side. Mm, I can't say that either. Yeah, see, I know. I know, it's brutal. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, the A to Z book for players every level, the ABCs of RPGs, mm-hmm. right, which is by uh, Ivan Van Norman and Caleb Cleveland. And this was an awesome mm. Kickstarter because uh, I'm a new dad, and so, of course, I'm looking to pass on my geekdom to my boy. <laughs> um, so this will be great. Uh, we're starting to. So this is like A is for adventure. May you always be on one. And B is for book, the source of all our fun. And basically it's a whole... Kind of like fantasy D and D thing, and it's great because you can tell that these uh, these writers and the artists are definitely super geeks in terms of uh, of D and D. It's like O is for Albert. This one's name is Chris. <laughs> and nice. And P is for planning. So how do you want to all do this? And uh, and it's great. Like there's just there's just amazing stuff. And then. Uh, one of the stretch, the advanced stretch goals they had was an activity book that I also got, which was awesome, which is like mazes and coloring. And, I mean, it's nuts because the thing is they don't really show tell you what they are here. You're just coloring them. So, for example, um, I don't know if you can get me to that camera, but yes. like so you guys can see it. But, like, obviously, oh, oh that's that's a lich. Right. Right? So you like, have to know what they are. Here, hold it closer. Oh, like, so you, like, like get L, right, which is a lich. Here, can we get hold that? Look at that. So pretty, pretty, <laughs> right? And then, um, and then they also have. But then you get into like stuff where, where I'm looking at it, and I'm all, huh? I don't think I've played enough old school D and D recently <laughs> to know what the R is. I'm like, I, I you know, let I me don't... see it. A rust monster. Rust is that a rust monster? Yeah. <clears throat> oh right, for <clears throat> spoon. That's so smart. Um, yeah, like <laughs> S for slime. But then just like, and I'm guessing maybe T is like mm-hmm. a. Thought stealer. I'm thinking it is. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. It looks like a. It looks like a duckbill platypus is about does. to eat your dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but it's awesome, right? So it's just this great stuff, and this one also has like, like, uh, like fun stuff, like paper doll things. And, nice. You know, so it's an activity book too, um, and word searches, and it's just it's super cool. 
uh, you know, and a really great sense of humor. Uh, and apparently, which is another thing I didn't get, is that they have a sing-along with a book and a CD, too. Oh. Which awesome. is really cool. So uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out. This was a Kickstarter that was awesome. I dig it. Um, if you want to check this out for yourself, uh, go to huntersbooks.com. And you can check out their ABCs of RPGs children book and their sing-along stuff. So it's really cool. Plus, I got this bitchin' bookmark, which is a plus five versus losing your place. Was cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. I love the the idea of how to how to get people in early. Right. Right. He's like four months in like a couple days, and so that's it. We're starting to do our RPG stuff already. That's awesome. And he'll probably want to you know be a power gamer. Oh. Make me say no, son. Role play. <laughs> No, no um, maxing. There, there is no stream on YouTube. Okay. So see if we can fix that. Yeah, it's disconnecting still. We'll yeah. Figure it out. If not, we'll post it to YouTube later. It'll be there eventually. Except that's the embedded thing that's on HappyJacks.org/live. <laughs> well, there's links too, so they can still go see Twitch. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who are well, you can't hear me. I'll tell them in the chat room. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it gets smoother. It does. It does. Like a this is only our third try, and we actually right. this is good. Considering uh-huh. I'm, I'm yeah. actually super impressed with the setup in here now because this is the first time I've been in here with the cameras and everything. Ooh. This is a little uh, swanky, right? It's kind of pro. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty weird. I, I feel like I'm in a police state. Yeah, or something. That's awesome. <laughs> the but, gray? Not well, but not well hidden. It's like an early police state concept. Like, hey, we want you to know you're being watched, <laughs> right? Not secretly watched, right? Yeah, the, the right. yeah the chat. I don't know if the people in the chat room are just in the chat room, or if they're waiting for the video to start because there's uh, about ten of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, back to uh, emails. Mm-hmm. When wrench throwing puts an eye out and other not fun things from Paul from Philly. Now I wrote that intro. Um, <laughs> dear awesome hosts of my favorite podcast. Yay! First. I must quickly give a big thanks to DT My Pints. favorite podcast ever. Ever. It's an important word. Yeah. Oh, it is. It, it is. Of all time. Since the beginning of time. First, I must quickly give a big thanks to DT Pints, who organized, who organized and keeps JackerCon going every year. Yes. Yay. Not every year, but like every quarter. Every, or yeah, every, yeah, it's like, like there's always some JackerCon thing happening. Yeah. It seems crazy. Uh, as someone in the area who has a severe lack of gaming cons, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to try out all these systems and play with other GMs and players. Uh, Heather, thanks for an awesome Traveler game. It was nice to finally be able to play in a Traveler game and in such interesting universe. Uh, Dave77, amazing jobs with his game, and I now understand what Stu means when he speaks of you. Yeah, he's a fantastic GM. Yeah, uh, and he's Kimmy- okay. <laughs> I feel like now he's gotten like such. He's like so pumped up. Right, he's over. Loves him. Like, yeah, he's overhyped. He's overrated. Yeah, it's like <laughs> now. Now I feel like I gotta jump in the other side because like I played in that first game and I was like, oh my god, you guys gonna check out like this game? Right. And this GM is unbelievable. And now like everybody like now like we all love him. And now I feel like I gotta go the other side. Uh, right. Like I gotta go anti. Anti. So yeah. like yeah. he's okay if you you know like somebody who just has to stand up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Who's like super involved and yeah, has more whatever. energy than anyone? And yeah, yeah, and it's like if you like people who wear hats a lot. Yeah, yes. I, I mean, if you like, you know, and, it, and it's and it's kind of attractive. But whatever, I mean, if you like that kind of thing, sure, whatever. Uh, charming personality too. If whatever. you're into that sort of thing. whatever, um, kiss her. <laughs> I've heard. Yeah, Dave. 
So I'm having an amazing job in this game, and I understand blah blah blah. Uh, and Kimmy, thanks for an awesome wild talents game. Now I have uh, okay. bought the game books and hope to get my players to play with awesome. me in a game because all the dice ever. Right, <laughs> it's right. all the dice, but it's so much fun and it goes so quickly. I'm glad you liked it. Now. That being said, on to the second email you read, to Season 17, Episode 11. A listener wrote in about a Star Wars game and some issues between him and, and another player's playstyle. Mm-hmm. One interesting aspect is that the player did say the GM usually loves his wacky ideas, but that time, but that time he said he should do something to focus more on the combat in the game. And then Jib said something interesting to me. He said something along the lines of screwing things up in combat is hilarious. Um, This reminded me of a situation I have been having now through two campaigns as GM and the same player who always wants to do something wild and crazy and usually to the group's detriment. For example, let's say they find a boat to take somewhere. Death Island, let's say. Um, (laughs) After a long... A lot of haggling, they settle with the boat captain to take them. One of the players doesn't want to pay, so he sets the boat on fire. (coughs) It's funny the first time. (coughs) But then this type of thing keeps happening. Don't like the king the rest of the party is working for, so let's stab him. Tense situation with the villain, where they're trapped. Let's interrupt the player trying to talk their way out of the situation and tell the villain... That he is a son of a troll and a donkey, etc., etc. It has gotten to the point where the other players are always getting into meta arguments about the player and his character, always screwing things up for the sake of throwing a wrench into the works. I think there is some merit to their points, but I want, but I don't want to tread on player agency. But all the same, <clears throat> but at the same time, everyone else at the table is also entitled to have fun as well. And if one player's fun is starting to always be at the expense of the other player's fun, where is the line drawn, and what does one do? I look forward to your advice, Paul, from Philadelphia, a.k.a. PJS37 on the forums. Is that PJ Set? Is that Leet speak? No, I'm I'm thinking he owns 37 pairs of pajamas. Oh! Everyone needs a hobby. It's like PJs. 37! Boom! Boom! Right. <laughs> Footy! Now, are they just asking? Uh, are, are there, is the audio okay? Because I suppose I'd switch the board over. They're not saying we sound uh, blown out. Let me just, let me check. just ask them real quick. Find out. Let us know. Tell us how the audio yeah. is. Is it crisp and clear? And I'm also letting syllabants, them. Syllabants. Yes, this is my Her Universe Imperial Officer Uniform cardigan, which I wear to work a lot, and only super cool kids recognize it. I was excited to see this as a as a topic. Being, <coughs> so, being a wrench thrower, yeah. This is well, we, and we got a lot of wrench throwers, and I th- I think wrench throwers when you've got a, when you're sitting at a table with a, a lot of very passive players, and you've got one wrench thrower. You're very thankful to have that one wrench door. Sure. Sometimes. If you're sitting at a table with a bunch of passive people. Yeah. You're saying, if you've got a table where it's like, lead us to the adventure, please. We don't see <laughs> it. Where is it? Point at it? Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about that. You know what I, you know I, what know. I, oh, I know. I know. Those know. tables. Sure. And having that one guy who's like, oh, I'll go out and, and does wacky and crazy things. It's like, just do something. Right. At least something's happening. Right. 
And and having had a few really passive tables, I w- would never turn a, a wrench thrower away because they can save your sanity in those situations. Right. Now it sounds like <coughs> he doesn't have a passive table. Probably, probably right not. from the from the examples he's giving, right? But to me, two things immediately pop to mind. One, mm-hmm. whether it's because of the wrench thrower or not, if the party is doing things like going and trying to hire a ship and then burning it down when they're not happy, and going and talking to the king and then stabbing him when they're not happy, like why would anybody ever want to employ them or work with them, right. or be near them? And you would start seeing posters of them. Being distributed around the kingdom mm-hmm. of probably, especially if they you know did something like assault a high-ranking member of the, the nobility, right? Right. So suddenly there has to be <coughs> there has to be serious consequence for the action, right? And sure. there's two places for the wrench thrower where that's going to happen. If it's if it's super bad disruptive stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like I throw stabbing wrenches, the king. I tend to think my wrenches aren't horrible for the party, though right. Right. sometimes. Um, <laughs> Well, but mostly your wrenches are to keep the GM on his toes. Yeah. Whereas, I don't want you to get bored. Right. <laughs> Whereas what he's kind of describing here is this isn't this isn't going to leave the GM flat-footed. It's going to leave the, the party, party flat-footed. flat-footed. Right. Yeah. So there's two things. There, there's, there has to be accountability. In my mind, it comes from two places. One, it comes from the world. Yeah. So the right. GM is deciding, okay... That's that's beyond the pale. That's great. I let you burn the boat and whatever, but you're never going to be able to get a ship again in this port. No right. one will ever talk to you again. Right? Those right. things have to happen, or the players are going to have to instill consequence. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is that thing where you have to make the division between, hey, Larry, we're your buddy. We like you. We love playing with you. Mm-hmm. But your character, Argbob, is a complete douche nozzle, and so yeah. we're going to take him out in the back and rough him up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or you're not getting your cut of the treasure, or whatever it is, right? Because if the consequence is there, and it's against the character, then he has to decide, hey, that's my character, that's what I'm going to play him. You're not removing his player agency, and you're not removing the player agency of the rest of the, the, the group. Right. But I think as the GM, you'd have to, it's incumbent upon you to then tell your players, hey, if there's something your characters want to do about that, that's perfectly okay in the scope of the game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, inter-party conflict is something that can happen, especially if you've got four people over here mm-hmm. <clears throat> that are trying to achieve a goal and work together as a team, and one guy over here is a destructive free radical. Right. Right? If the four of you want to take that dude out in the back and help him sleep the long sleep, <laughs> I guess you'll be writing a new character up for the next game and maybe... They'll think differently about what they do, you know, and that's not you removing. I don't think it's you removing the player agency right. from the the free radical guy. It's <clears throat> it's like in in the real world. If you are the a weird, crazy social outcast person, you're either going to go find other people that have that same mentality, and they're like, "Oh hell yeah, let's go do the crazy batshit thing," right, right, or it's going to be, no, you're you're really not fitting in with this group. Right, it's right. just it's it's a it becomes a social dynamic. So I don't know. I think, I think, but I think the the, the pre- and maybe they don't. Maybe the group doesn't feel that way. Maybe they don't. They don't feel they can do that to this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems to me if you have a conversation out of character, saying, "Hey, you know, mm-hmm. we're not compatible with this character." It's, <coughs> Stevie, were you in that game when <coughs> yep. I, when it was you and, it was and, and, and Brian and Brian killed yep. Stevie's character? 
because <laughs> he went crazy and he started trying to kill us because he thought we were demons. You were all possessed by demons, right? right. And yeah. so, yeah, that was the we got on either side of him, and it was like, hey, left nut, hey, right nut, it was the, the penis, penis between, between us, <laughs> and we both stabbed him, and it was over. Nice. And then very fast, but can he was oh, a yeah. dangerous. He was a mage, and he was yep. a dangerous mage too. Yes, yes, he was. <coughs> Not to my character, but now, yes, I don't know. I don't was. think we. I don't think we had a conversation with Stevie before. No, no, that was that was Brian and I deciding on the fly. <laughs> this guy is going to either get us killed or kill us. Right. So this is self preservation. Right. And we were like in a very dangerous place, and he started. It was like hard enough where we were for us, and then he started turning on us. And mm-hmm. We're like, okay, well, we don't know about the rest <coughs> of this, this area that we're in. But we think we can actually take this guy out, and that's at least eliminating a threat. Yeah. Right. And look to his credit, Stevie took it perfectly fine. Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, okay." I think, and Makes I sense. think that's the key. Like, is it a player being a douche nozzle problem or a character being a douche nozzle problem? Right. Because those are two like incredibly different problems that you kind of have to figure out. And you can have a great player who suddenly gets a character that makes them a douche nozzle, and mm-hmm. that's another whole conversation. So, ah. Uh, you know, there's always the great player who has that mage who decides to walk down the hallway <laughs> and get everybody killed or tied into a seven or no eight hour combat. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. think it was that long. It was a long time. It was three it was week combat. It was nineteen forever. years. Oh, we ran long. that combat. We were, no, it was really I leveled long. twelve times. I think it was. I literally <laughs> think it was five hours. Like it was the entire. Oh, it was. Session. It was the whole session. It was 4E, probably five hours. Right. We hate you, four E. God. The. Yeah, I. I, th- you, I, I, my guess, my suggestion would be to have a conversation with this, with the player, with the other players. For, talk to the other players first and see where they are, and see if maybe some sort of in-story thing could happen to maybe tone the character down, mm-hmm. maybe get him to come to Jesus, or maybe uh, do a hey left nut, hey right nut thing. Sure. Or just retire the character as. Mm-hmm. A, Bet shit crazy, but yeah, I mean, I understand, and and probably as the GM when you're like trying to come up with interesting story ideas, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's going to go that he's going to do that instead. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, well, we won't right. worry about because you want a yes and yes, you do absolutely, you know, uh, and and I think the other thing too is that it's 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 also, I mean, do, do you think do you think it's it's worthwhile having a a discussion with the wrench thrower on the side and saying, look, like I'm not trying to take your player agency away, mm-hmm. right? But I just want you to realize what you're doing is like super disruptive. Yeah. Right. Right. And and you can even say, look, for me, the GM, whatever, I'll figure it out. I'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. But you're really impacting everybody else's mm-hmm. game like pretty negatively, right? Because um, maybe they don't realize it. Maybe they're just like, oh, this is what I do, and I'm having fun. Like they're having a blast, and maybe I'm sure that's they're just oblivious the case, to the fact right. that everybody else is bent. Especially if the <coughs> other players that's aren't almost always the case, right? Either talking to them outside of the game or with their characters exercising yeah. their difficulties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like in the Ultimate game when um, when Drang when we left, right? And then I like if I came back, I was like, wow, I'm not going to have Tyler's character to temper me. Right. Right. And I told, and I talked with Bruce before, and I said, "Look, if I bring Drang back, and then the inner party relationship doesn't change, he is going to beat you to like yeah. an inch of your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he may just kill you. I don't know. Right. Right. And Bruce was like, "Yeah, if that's for the better of the story, that's awesome, dude. Like he was totally down. Right. Right. But then I just, 
story stuff, it didn't make sense to bring the character back. But I think, but that's the kind of thing where it's like we had a dynamic that was there was a lot of tension in the party, right? But it, but there was a kind of a peacemaker in that as well. Yeah, Tyler's character was like lukewarm water. Yes, he was. He was. He was the Derek <laughs> the Smalls fire and the ice. Yes. Um, so uh, you know, I think that that good players that have that have known each other for a while hopefully can have those conversations, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But it, I mean, it, and maybe the guy, maybe your wrench thrower, uh, Paul, doesn't even recognize that they're doing it, right? Maybe he's just like, oh, I'm doing this thing, and I'm having super fun. So either somebody talks to him, so he's at least aware of what's happening. Right. Right. Or you have to empower your party to have their player agency as well. Right. And then that can make for a super interesting story. It sure can. Absolutely. And put some consequence. Put some consequence in the world. You didn't talk about if you've done that or not. Because it sound the way I read that paragraph or the examples, it just sounds like this guy comes in, screws up your world, <laughs> and then like goes upon his gleeful way. And you're left <laughs> holding the wreckage, <laughs> right? and it's like, man, things should be bad for this party. Oh, I mean, if they're, gonna, if they're gonna if they stab the king, there's guards are gonna swarm in, arrest mm-hmm. the guy, yeah, maybe arrest him, maybe just outright kill him. Sure, and if they somehow got away, like he's committed regicide, they're they're after this guy. Oh yeah, the whole freaking kingdom is after him. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely, and he's going to have a vengeful son who's going to be sending guards after guard, <laughs> royal guards, sure. armies, and all kinds of things. Right, to go or, find may- him. or maybe maybe he's going to have a, a vengeful like head of the king's guard who's coming after him, and maybe a thankful son. We don't know what the <laughs> relationship is. Right. Yeah, so now, like that, you know, can you can you turn it into an opportunity? Sure, yeah. right? But yeah, it's that's kind of tough. It is. And also, so here's a question. I'll ask this. Because um, he's talking about there's merit to their points, but he doesn't want to tread on player agency. But at the same time, everyone else at the table is also entitled to have fun as well. Right? So it's like you get to that balance of how many people are having fun in any sure. situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So does that, <clears throat> how, import, how much does that weigh into the discussion? Like, should he just boot this guy out of the game if he doesn't change his ways? Because he's got four people over here and one guy over here? I mean, that would be like a final... Like, after you've tried everything else, if he's still ruining the fun for everybody else. Um, but you have to really also have, like, honest conversations with them at that point, too. Mm-hmm. Is it, like, it, you, is it your perception that he's ruining the game for them? Maybe they're all having a blast, and you're just not knowing that. But I doubt that. You could probably read that. But right. well, well, I, I would not I would in this one. To read they get into meta arguments about yeah. the player, right. Right. right? So that's a that's, that's yeah, true. it's pretty normal. <clears throat> but yeah, if he's ruining the fun for everyone else, which it sounds like, including the GM, mm-hmm. then eventually at some point it's going to be like that that breakup conversation. Right. You know, you're really cool guy and all, but it's just not working out. You know, with the group, and right. it's not you, it's us. No, but no, it's, it's you. really you. No, it's really it's you. Totally you. Uh, that, that's the one thing I wouldn't do. I wouldn't say it's not you. It's us. Be like, oh, dude, it's you. It's you, <laughs> right? So. And it may not even be him in general. It may be no. him with that with specific that group, right? Yeah. Or, or that, that specific group. character, right? right? I mean, that's the like Kimmy said. Well, it sounds like it's other avenues. other characters. Yeah, and that's a good. Yeah. Idea. That's a good point. You can have a player who doesn't get along with that particular group. Who, if you ran another game with a different mix of players, would be amazing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we're lucky because we have a really big group of people who play who play in our games. But there are people who shouldn't play in games together, and they kind of know that, so they don't really volunteer for the same games. Right. And they like each other at parties, and they hang out, and they drink, sure. and they have a great time, and they're good friends. But just as players, there's like that, just like it doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. 
before we go on to the social media stuff, um, I'm prepping for the Traveler game, yes. which is a tech level 10. Yay. Awesome. So Thank you for inviting Elspeth oh, of course. and I to that. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, I figure we have a, a large group of people. Also, might be watching on Twitch with the baby. With the baby. Special Hi, screen baby. time, Dashel. Woo! <laughs> the, um, uh, it's tech level 10, so it's, it's right after Mankind develops the mm-hmm. jump drive. Yep. It's not in the, tra- it's not in the Traveler Imperium Right, right, right. Thing. I got that. But basically what happened is over the past, like, three, I'm expanding it. Originally it was two, but now it's, like, 400 years maybe. Right. Um, because of political tensions and overpopulation and stuff... They've been several nations have been sending generation ships right. to stars, and they've got you know better ways to <clears throat> extrapolate whether or not a planet might be habitable or not. Mm-hmm. So they're actually sent, sending sending them out to maybe as far as like ten or twelve parsecs away, okay. like really far. Right. When you're talking about sure. slower than like yeah, travel, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> these ships will take hundreds and hundreds of years. <coughs> oh, and but the the whole thing is. Um, the ships are like basically completely self-contained, can refuel from trace elements and in, in right. deep space and stuff like that. And then solar sails or scoops or whatever. whatever. Yeah. And then they've got uh, uh, recyclable ecosystems built into them and so all that. So they can right. go on a long way. So there's right. you know even in the timeline there's 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 even a ship that got to where it was supposed to go, found out that the all the readings were wrong, turned and tried to go someplace else. Went, tried to go somewhere right. else. And then of course there's also like as soon as the jump drives are, are finished, there's generation ships that are less than halfway to where they're supposed to go. Right. Right. So it's like, well, do we contact them and turn them around? Because they've been gone for a generation and a half now. Right. Um, or do we just let them get there? Or do we try to catch up to them? Because right. they're yeah. going really fast. I mean, that's the that, that's sure. the other thing is, you know, they're, when they, when they're, you're accelerating. Halfway from one star system to the next one, by the time you get to that halfway point, then you you're going very, 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 very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, you're, you're doing like then they got to go and like turn around, the, and right? And then decelerate. decelerate. And if they de- and then, then they have, then there's the math problem. Okay, if we decelerate, at what point do we make it back to the ho- our home planet, right? As opposed to where our destination is supposed to be. Or you guys could just go to the destination, and have everything ready for us when we get there mm-hmm. in right. another two generations. It's like a bizarre, right? It's interesting, weird interesting. thing yeah, yeah. going on. So, um, but one the what I was about to set out to make to go on Google and find out. Okay, here's here's our sun, here's Barnard star, here's uh, Proxima Centauri, mm-hmm. and you know all of the nearby suns, and then roll right. them all and figure out what planets they That's have cool. and all that That's stuff. Cool. Someone's already done it on drive through RPG, and I nice. can't. It's called local. What was it called? Let me see if I can find it. Local star yeah. systems. Local uh, space neighbors. It's it's specifically made for. Local um, calls only. No. Uh, it's specifically made for a sort of like generic OGL version of Classic Traveler. Oh, okay. So it uses the same. It uses the the number for the size and the atmosphere right, and the right. hydrographics. And then they left all of the social stuff out. Oh, okay. But they gave it. Mm-hmm. It came with this nice star chart that's wow. not quite a, 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 a traveler so did you sector. Buy it? You got it. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, I got. It. I, I printed it out. It prints out really nicely on eleven by seventeen paper. Oh yeah. Cool. So it's got that. And now, now I'm going through in 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 GIMP and I'm putting in where the 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 jump routes are. Sure. Mm-hmm. So sure. like like the, you know like the Russians own this route over here to where they 
Right. They they colonized right. this planet, mm-hmm. and here's like some commercial routes, and here's a right. special and military. And there's four superpowers, right? Yeah, four superpowers: right. <clears throat> uh, EU, Russia, China, and the United States. But um, so right now I'm going through all those planets, and I rolled all of their populations. And I only use like one die for the populations because none of them have been around right. long enough sure. to actually have millions of people. Right. So I've got the population, and then their Political system and their law level and their tech level. Nice. Almost all of them have tech levels that are lower than Earth, which is ten. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, except Proxima, which is so close. Right. Because it's two jumps away. It's two weeks away. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that they're effectively they're equivalent. The same. Ten yeah. too. Right. So, but I'll I'll you know once we get into the after the second the, when we get into the second email I'll I'll try to find the name of it. It's called Local Stars or something like huh, that. Cool. Um, a fantastic product, and it's that's exciting. It's a pay what you want thing. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I really like that model. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, because um, you can you can really you can over index for somebody if you really like what they. What yeah, they've I done. did too. Yeah, yeah, it's like this is exactly what I need. Here's five bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Where everyone else was had been given like a dollar eighty three. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was the average. So. Right. Um, but and then and it's also it's all o- on the open gaming license, mm-hmm. and you can cool. use. You get you not only can you use the material in there, you can actually reuse the material that's there. Like I can use the map. Oh, that's cool. Make mod- like right. the, the map make that I have where I'm putting my jump routes right, in. Right. I can throw that right. out there and not right, have to right. worry about copyright. Right. Or anything, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I looked into. Um, uh, I've had a couple email correspondence with Mongoose about because I want to write some stuff for Traveler. Right. After doing my they have that my massive Star Wars project. Right. right. Which actually I'm just waiting for the final. PDF back mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from my incredible partner, in which is the power of our forums, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um, just saw it, thought it was awesome, sent me a sample, and now it's done everything. I completely rewrote the whole fourth section. Uh huh. Um, so it makes better sense now. Um, and then uh, I'm just going to put it out for free because I can't commercialize it, obviously. Right. Right. Um, but then that really got me like, wow, I've done that. I've gone through that whole process. Now mm-hmm. I want to do that in the traveler system. Um, and they have rules for that. It's almost like a, it's sort of an OGL-ish type yes. thing, but it's like a 50-50 split. And they so what's it, it's called, it is out. it called Traveler's? It's Traveler's Aid. Traveler's Aid. It's out to Traveler's Aid Society, right? Right. Um, and as long as it's tagged with that, and it's got their, you can use their logo and everything, right? right. And they give you all the templates, so it's really cool. But as opposed to just doing, like, stuff in, in Third Imperium or Star-based stuff, whatever, what I, I, I kind of want to do spiritually the same thing I just did but I want to take some other genre mm-hmm. almost and put it in there, right? Okay. So it's like, and I kind of want to have this maybe thing doing like Lost Worlds or Forgotten Worlds or something of Traveler. And the idea is like, here's a planet or here's a star system. And they're like, their tech level seven. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's what that is. Or here's one that's like super advanced or whatever it is. So you can have things that are, I could, I could do like Western or I could do fantasy or whatever. And and you still maintain all your IP and everything when you when you right. write for that. So I can do that and and put it together and still have the world and uh, and it's really cool. Like the 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 rule sets for doing that stuff is really neat. Um, so uh, if people have suggestions, I asked this on our forums too, and had a couple people are like on on in the traveler rule set what you would want to see, right? As um, as you know whether that's fantasy or. Steampunk or Wild West or like whatever right. it is, um, I'm interested <coughs> to see what people where they feel a gap would be filled right. by doing something. But you know, I think it'd be a fun <coughs> project. And the nice thing is, I mean, 
you could c- come up with, like, a, with a really fleshed out world that could be a whole campaign setting in and of oh, yeah, itself. Absolutely, that's the idea. Or it could be a planet. Yeah. That other pe- that you know. A, a regular, with. yeah. That, that a, a regular science fiction game finds, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's and that's kind of I think how it'd be presented. It's like, look, you can use this as a whole setting for yourself. You could run a whole thing like this, Bill Traveler, or yeah, use this as a planet. You're got in your campaign. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, we found Westworld. This yeah. is crazy, or whatever it is. Right? People so. on the Twitch chat room are like, "Yay, Western!" <laughs> Western. <laughs> well, you know, I that's I I. I I love Western. I love Deadlands. I just backed the new kicks the 20th anniversary Kickstarter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shane's amazing. And so uh, I love and I love the Deadlands system too. But yeah, Western could do some pretty fun stuff. That oh yeah, is different than what they do. Uh, there is actually a horror bent. there's an adventure I bought for Mongoose Traveler First Edition mm-hmm. called Cowboys vs Xenomorphs. Oh, nice. And it's and it's got. I think it even has. In the back of the book, it's got a few Old West careers. Oh, yeah. It's nice. got, like, Fallen Woman. And I have I have Cow- a whole list, because before something. I did Star Wars, I was going to actually do something like a Deadlands. Mm-hmm. I was going to basically skin Deadlands into mm-hmm. Traveler. And then I realized, nah, I love Deadlands too much. And right. I, and I like all their stuff, I'd rather just do that. Right. But I, have the, I actually have a whole list of Western careers and oh, different yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, um, I mean, and, and the, tra- fun. the traveler system is super flexible. Yes, and it's a really good, very intuitive system. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've just been go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I've been reading through the new traveler book. Yeah, the two point. They've done a, a few changes. They've they got yeah. rid of that that sort of fluid uh, initiative thing. Yeah. that they had in the first first edition. Um, which is probably a good idea because it was kind of a neat idea, but it yeah. was a little slowing down. But the um, I'm, right now, I'm, I'm looking at ship uh, building ships because I, I bought High Guard too. Yeah, it's um, it's it feels like they cleaned up the shipbuilding rules and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Well, I they mean, don't exist in the yeah. core book, in but the core book, yeah, they, but yeah. they are they they yes, they're they seem to be a little more manageable. <laughs> yes, yeah. There was Frederick, a lot of math. Yeah, before. Frederick sixty nine in the Twitch chat room is suggesting a near space setting, so it's like orbit okay. stuff in orbit. Oh, that's and cool. He's also suggesting bears in space. Bears in space. <laughs> From the Ursa Major system. Sure. <laughs> exactly. He has not expounded on the bears in space idea, but as far as his near space, it's like... Um, like, like bear hunting in orbit in and stuff like that. That could be There's a bear space bear. Oh, God, no, Stork, no. I don't know if it's one bear. idea or two ideas, but they could be amazing together, too. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks. I love it. Um, so uh, the social meteors, uh, we have a Twitter account. Happy Checks RPG. Yeah. Uh, we also have fa- uh, Instagram, Happy Checks RPG, yes. and you can. We're also on Facebook. You can find us there. At if Happy like Checks RPG. At Happy Checks RPG. Yeah, you didn't put it on there, but yeah. it is. Is it now? Is yeah. that the is that the group or is that the page? That's the page. It's the page. That's okay. The Facebook page. There's also a group. Yes. Um, I don't know what that is. Uh, it's probably a long number. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to watch us live, if you're listening to this through the podcasts or on the YouTube's. Uh, right now we're doing the shows on Saturday mornings at ten thirty ish, ten forty five a.m. But it'll be ten thirty pretty soon, a.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Uh, HappyJacks.org/slash/live will point you to the links to where you can watch all of those things. Um, and we've got to get the YouTube channel working because uh, they because they. Want to have a schedule and then people are like automatically there for it. It's awesome. Then also, week two of Operation Why Listeners Make When You Know Listeners Have You Want to Make. <laughs> if you would like 
to help the show, go on social media and share two links that are Happy Jacks related. Maybe it's a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the show. Maybe it's a particular episode that you liked. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, something else that I can't think of. Our forum. Or whatever that might be. Share two links on social media of your choice. And I thank you very much for doing that. Yeah. And use the hashtag HappyJacksRPG and we will look for it. And maybe we'll give a, an, a, a prize up. We could try. Yeah. I've got, uh, I got some, um, I got a, a stud finder. Okay. What else? I got? No, it can be something we have to find right now after <laughs> sitting in the. We'll get something other the than space. the stud finder. We'll find a good thing. I have, I have this thing stuff. is killing me. Hold on. <laughs> You yeah, we'll find of, good get stuff. A lot of pop and Maybe crack. a game book or yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, oh, like actual stuff people want, Stu. They what? You know, they, they, they don't this want. is a good stud finder. Okay. It works good. <laughs> okay, I right. used it to find studs <laughs> in the walls. Um, sorry, that's macabre. <laughs> macabre. Well, where else are you supposed to? You can't. You can't you gotta hide bodies in the walls. If you hide them, you bury them. Dogs dig them up. Yeah. That's why I don't have dogs. Dogs are the best. What are you talking about? I didn't say they were the best. I just don't have them. I have a lot of bodies in my yard. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you very much for those of you who so far have engaged in Operation Why Listeners Make when you know no, listeners have you want to make. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> and that just like is so simple. I don't know why you just don't hashtag that. That should right? be the hashtag, right? <laughs> yeah. No. 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 That's shouldn't. okay. That's all hundred and whatever Happy characters. Jacks are right. Yeah. You hashtag that, and it's like all. Hey, and that's it. You're done. 140. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boom. I think they've actually gotten rid of that limit. No, they haven't. Uh, they've oh, it's softened the limit for URLs okay. and, and links and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Numenera and GMing and stuff from Audrey in Texas. Who would like to read this while I try to figure out what's going on over here? Uh, I'll read it. All right. Hey, y'all. Y'all. I'm right in to give you my support for Numenera, or at least a system behind it. Yahoo! Yeehaw! Texas. <laughs> Um, we love Texas people. I've been role playing for over half my life now, having started in my freshman year, fresh, fresh, freshman year of high school with 3.0 D and D. I've played every edition of D and D since, as well as plenty of Vampire, with smatterings of Warhammer 40k, Mongoose Traveler, and Edge of the Empire thrown in. I like that very diverse. Um, in addition to this, I'm a huge systems geek, so I find myself researching all sorts of games that I've never played. From Apocalypse Engine games to Battletech to all sorts of hippie games, while working on my own system tweaks and homebrew games. I love that even they call them hippie games. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I can't believe that they would allow hippie games in Texas. Right. I usually play the role of the reluctant GM when playing with friends. That sounds like a, I don't know, like some bad indie play or something. Mm-hmm. I went and saw the reluctant GM at Off, 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 Off Broadway. Hold on one second. I just want to test the soundboard. Why problem make when you no problem have, you don't want to make? We're good. Sweet. Um, I usually play the role of the reluctant GM when playing with friends, and I've never felt completely confident running these games, but Numenera and your podcast is changing that. Oh. I hate prep. prep. I'm also not usually a very improvisational GM. I became interested in Numenera a couple of years ago, but it's been hard to find an interested group since then. Recently, <coughs> my best gaming friend, my best gaming curious friend, and her not-so-gaming-curious sister have been wanting me to run a game for them. That sounds like a forum article now. <laughs> I convinced them to give Numenera a shot, and the first two sessions went very well. The players are getting into character, are not murder-hoboing their way through the challenges I present them with, and have had no trouble processing the rules of the game. From my perspective, I'm enjoying GMing for the first time. 
The rules are medium crunch for character creation and light during gameplay, which is perfect for me. When a character wants to do anything, I set a difficulty between 0, auto success, and 10, impossible. And they roll a d20, targeting the difficulty times 3. The game is structured in a way that makes assigning that difficulty and any modifiers to the roll very simple. And only the player's roll, which helps me keep my focus on them and not on mechanics. NPC creation is the easiest of any game I've ever seen. Ciphers, consumable items acting as one-use powers that are encouraged to be used frequently, keep the table thinking creatively, and both the players and I get to hand out and spend XP during the game, which all comes together to form a very engaged table. The game focuses on exploration and a conflict resolution system that works elegantly for any conflict, not just hitting stuff with other stuff. What we're not too keen on is the setting, but I've already purchased the generic Cypher System rulebook, which is way less pretty, by the way, uh, and we're all excited to keep playing in a setting that's more to everyone's tastes. I don't know if I'll ever find a system that is clicked for me like Cypher has, and I recommend y'all give it a shot. Keep up the amazing podcast. Audrey from Texas. P.S. Take a drink? Is that how that works? Yes, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I finished one. Yeah. There we go. Okay. P.P.S. Just kidding. Take a drink, fuckers. Okay. <laughs> I had more left. Uh, PPPS. Stork has mentioned his dislike for the system a few times over the last couple of years, but I don't think he's ever explained why it didn't work for him. I know he's being killed by work at the moment, but I'd like to hear his thoughts when he returns. Um, I, You know, uh, Numenera kick-started, I think. Um, yes, The was, last version, was, right. Yes. Uh, and Elspeth kick-started, and we have it. We've mm-hmm. never played it, but two things. One struck me, and Audrey touched on it. Gorgeous book. Like, one of those things where you're like, yeah, you want the hard copy. It's mm-hmm. just, like, a beautiful book. Um, two, I thought, like, the coolest character sheet I'd ever seen. The character sheet's a threefold. Right. So you lay it out, and then you write your stuff, and then you fold it. And you actually have it, like, this pamphlet mm-hmm. that you open to go to different sections and flip That's the awesome. Oh, okay. So it's, like, really mm-hmm. well-designed mm-hmm. on how it works. Um, and the setting, I mean, yeah, the setting, it, it seemed pretty cool. Uh, but... I'd love to try Numenera. I've never played it. We've never played it. No. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm game curious. I'd try it. Yeah. I mean. Well, and, and it sounds like Audrey's played a lot of stuff, too. Yes. So, you know, a, a it's not like, hey, I've played this one thing ever, and then I tried a second thing and really liked it. It's like, I've played a bunch of different stuff, and I thought this was really cool. So. Right. I would be interesting to see the Cypher System rulebook by itself. Mm, the generic the, rulebook, yeah. Because the, there's a lot of hype around it when it came out because it was a very pretty right. rule around, book around Numenera around yeah. Numenera and I, I remember Stork and I were talking about it early, and the, about the mm-hmm. the setting it just seemed kind of it's got to like really be your cup of tea or it isn't yeah yeah yeah. No, and if it is then man it's awesome right but yeah seeing what the actual digging into what the rules are uh-huh. underneath it and do you like that basic rule set you know maybe that's maybe that's a thing is like making some of that cipher system which it sounds like you know, Audrey's going to do, and then, but we're going to make it a world we want to play in. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it'd be interesting. We've talked about that before, and I don't know if it's something that we would do as an actual play or not. Probably, but yeah. you know, having, we having everything as an actual play, everything, everything, everything. Um, I painted. I know we got to use it. We, we got to use it. We have curtains. Yeah, I came in. I didn't even recognize it. But I'm like, what happened? What? It's like <laughs> professional. What? Oh my god. Um, Midlife crisis, and uh, it was, <laughs> but but if because one shots, I don't know if that works or not. But maybe even if we did like, like a, a like a limited series, like hey, we're going to do like a four part adventure right. or something like that, where you know it's like we're going to try the system out, 
We're going to obviously kind of be learning it as we go through it, right? But we're not going to make it this big, long, extended campaign thing. And I don't know if a, if a one-shot is enough to get across all the things. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I, 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 like, I originally pitched the idea of a one-shot. Right. But I think there was some, there were some good reasons we didn't do that. Okay. Um, but I don't know. But I think it would be really cool because we talk about a lot of systems. Right. And, it'd be, and now with the new magics of the internets and the twitchings and the streamings, um, I think it would be pretty cool to just say, like, oh, hey, here's this game. Yeah. Right? And that might be a really good way for us to get, especially if it's one-shots or short things, for us to um, have some of the, the GMs that we play with, mm-hmm. right? Like like DT Pines or different people, like, like try to work out a way when people are out here. Um, or with local GMs that haven't done a lot of that stuff, right. to say like, oh, hey, just come in and like, whether it's a one shot or a short run in a system that you feel you know really well, right? Right, and then and then we go like, great, we've talked about like we've talked about GURPS a ton, right? Right, but we've never have we ever done an, an actual, actual play? play? No, right, I've not done an actual play. Yeah, either. so like doing like a you know like a even if it was a, a you know a one shot or like a three session or something sure. short, right? Um, you know, would could be pretty cool, and then when we talk about that, we say like, "Hey, this is what we mean when we talk about that." Yeah. Right? Because I think that's fun to watch and pretty instructional. Yeah. There's absolutely. my idea. There's my idea for, Ta-da. for that. Ta-da. Well, and we're lucky we have such a cool like conglomerate of people who yeah. are specialists in so many different systems. That's right. That, yeah. Yeah. It's display their talents and these cool games. That's right. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> okay. Thank you very much, Audrey. And now, uh, the next email about Numenera. <laughs> Damn, what? we better play Numenera, man. We got like... <laughs> well, I mentioned the fact that... I don't know... Any, I don't think anyone... Is anyone even playing that? I know everyone said the book was really pretty, but... Yeah, there we go. I think that's always... We all so apparently, two. There's two, two people. people. 40% of our emails are about <laughs> Numenera. Yes. It's huge. It indexes, wow, <laughs> through the roof with our readers and listeners. Awesome. All right. Uh, Numenera play from Chuck. Esteemed and honored Jackers, and the rest of you also. On episode 1712, Stu, Tim, Gina, Kimmy, and Samantha touched briefly on Numenera by MCG. They didn't bash it, but they did damn it with faint praise. The best they could come up (laughs) was, it's a pretty game. I feel compelled to defend a versatile and fun game that has a depth of crunch and free and freedom of narrative. I'm one of the players on a podcast called, called Mysteries of the Ninth World, a Numenera live play. Hey. Very nice. And one of the fine li- uh, live play games found in the Redacted Files podcast. Shameless plug. Additionally, the grand team at the Fandible podcast called Numenera for their long shot campaign. In addition... I run a cipher system fantasy campaign weekly. Wow. Yep, I like this system. (laughs) I think a lot more folks are playing the system than you think. Keep in mind, your circle of gamers is vast, but the circle of all gamers is even larger. That is very true. I feel called out. Yeah, we're a little called out. There's at least two people playing. I feel like there's a carpet, (laughs) and we're on it. (laughs) (laughs) The cipher system encompasses the strange... Every story is true somewhere. Numenera, the world in a billion years. Gods of the fall. The gods are dead. You're the new gods. Superhero, fantasy, sci-fi, and more coming. This is a system that easily adjusts to many types of play. Monty and his team did good work on this game, and the work and the and way beyond its beautiful art. Sounds like Happy Jackers need to play one of these games. Good thing we just talked about that. A volunteer. T- uh, I volunteer to run one. You pick. For you, uh, or hang out if you like. Oh. Think about it, drink on it, then do it. Oh, hang out. Thanks for all you all you do. Respect. 
Chuck. Chuck. Thank Chuck. you, Chuck. Where do you live, Chuck? Yeah, it's gonna be waiting uh, a oh, long time. Oh, this is only a one-way thing. Yeah, yeah. this is a, <laughs> right. sort of. So, <laughs> so, Chuck, when you see this or hear this, uh, tell us where you live because mm-hmm. if you're close enough, like we should just have you come run it. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. What the hell? Sure. Um, uh, yeah, but I Google Hangouts. We knew you well. Oh, That's right. It was so good for running. It was like, amazing. Yeah. We gotta go to like Roll Twenty or whatever now, or Skype or something. Skype or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Roll Twenty. Yeah. I guess that's the next best thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, that's it's got a lot of tools built into it for it, but yeah, Google I've, Hangouts was so good. For yeah, that. well, and they I had know. the apps you could do with the dice rolling, and yeah, everything yeah. was perfect. So, but but this kind of talks <laughs> about. I love the fact that that Chuck went through and said, like, here's all the different mm-hmm. things that are in the system, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, checking out the just the core system to start with might be. Is it a skills based system? What do we know? Uh, remember? remember? I don't okay. remember. I looked at the book when it's pretty first came through. <laughs> It's more than pretty. <laughs> Sorry, because there was a lot of hype about it, right? And, I, and when I hear a lot of hype, right. you know what I, I just, right. I just start. It's like out. it's like that. It's like that girl you see and you're like, man, she's hot. Then you find out she's a scientist too. And you're like, whoa, she's more than pretty. That's what they're saying, right? Right. They're saying it's just more than. It's not just a pretty book. It's smart and it's got like substance, right? Semi urgent. <laughs> For upcoming seven, that didn't work. That didn't no, work at all. Fine. That didn't it's work. Fine. No, it's okay. That's fine. It's fine. Which means it's totally not fine. <laughs> Don't ever buy that. By the way, guys. <laughs> FYI. In the group, which oh, tells you it's fine. And, and it ain't fine. The, no. the, the chat room troll. Mm-hmm. I, I would have gotten rid of him after the third message. I know. <laughs> I was kind of having fun though, and then I, it was too much. I was paying too much attention. It was too much. No. It did, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Act like an asshole; you'll get banned. <laughs> uh, semi-urgent for upcoming Savage Worlds campaign from Mister Mulder from Denmark, Sweden. In Sweden. Sweden. Denmark, Sweden. Hey, you marvelous bags of meat and knowledge! Wow. And hello to the mighty fine Kimmy or Sam or Gina, you guys and your women. Though you are women now. Evidently. Sweet. Wow. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> All right. Uh, She's more than our woman. She's <laughs> smart. <laughs> She's substance. That's right. I really. She's the world's you. woman. Yes. Uh, wow. Oh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> she could be Denmark, Sweden's woman. Yeah. Second time writer from the world's happiest nation, Ned Denmark. You know the capital of Sweden. <laughs> See why I did that? That's, That's why. Fine. I did that. That's fine. <clears throat> I'm starting up a group of experienced players out in. In Savage World, in a, my own Savage World setting, I have only run a one shot Deadlands Reloaded, but I'm confident I, it will, I will be the greatest ever. <laughs> awesome! Okay. Yes. I, we begin on the thirtieth of okay. this month, so if there's a snowball's chance in hell, this might be discussed before. I will be grateful and very surprised. Obligatory fu from Stu. Thanks. <laughs> Did I? Well, do I do that? I'm not mean. Did I, say that? Did I, say I don't know. Drink. Uh, I'm think- from Denmark. What the hell? Maybe he just watched that angry episode. Maybe oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. He's seen one. He's like one. <laughs> <laughs> it was furious. Uh, I'm thinking uh, starting out with a flashback. I will tell the players beforehand, and the mission uh, will, of, of course, course, of course, be successful. Um, an impossible mission for them to die. Uh, if they make mischief, I will remember and use it against them at a later time. 
This is the way I will have them meet and try out the system for the first time, also allow them to go a little wild. What's your thought on this? It will be kind of a railroad, but I think that's a, a good thing in the first few sessions. FYI, ice cubes for bennies. Got to use them before they melt away. Biggest issue, all the damn water. That's a really interesting <laughs> idea. Ice cubes. You don't use them by the time it's melted. You don't get it. Oh. Or, or either that or candy. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, come, come, come. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, then they added you. No, I like the, the icing or something that disappears. But isn't it like always colder? Oh. Yeah. Dry ice. Dry ice might. <laughs> no, see so what you do. Me, you, ah, God! You give everyone idea. <laughs> you give everyone old fashions and like one little ice cube, and then it's oh, like they nice. sip on it, and then yeah, I like the cookies or candy thing. Yeah, right. That's really good. Someone did that with gummy bears. Who was that? Oh yeah, it was Mary. Yeah, yeah. But she ran Hero for the first time. Mm-hmm. She had gummy bears for that's awesome. Because we had like, she had like we could for, we could use them for like re rolls or something. No, they were the minis. They were the minis. They were the bad and the bad guys. The bad guys, yeah. and then you eat them when you defeated them. Yes, it's oh, awesome. Um, thanks for a great show, Jacker's Rules, Mister Mulder. P.S. Gerp's Rules, which we'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> with a bad GM, Gerp sucks. Yeah, yes, it yes. sure can. Anything yeah. can suck with a bad Everything GM. Everything sucks. Now, um, uh, so he, he wants to do. He's going to start the game with a flashback. To a, 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 a mission that the party has already been on once. And I understand what he's doing here. Right. He's g- going to try to create a connection by the things that happen in this flashback, but actually play the flash, basically play the combat out. Right. For this thing. Mm-hmm. Gives everyone a chance to play, play combat in the system. Uh, if right. you make it low stakes, if maybe let the players know that, okay, we're, this is a flashback to the first mission you guys ever did. Right. Uh, that where you first met together. So everyone knows they're going to survive. Right. Right. Because they're all there. So, um, I, I don't. That, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like the idea. Like it. It's an interesting idea because um, it lets him uh, show the world a little bit too, and try the game out, and try the game out, and things like that. And it's, there may be stuff that happens in that flashback that suddenly might actually create bonds between the characters. Right. Yeah. Right. So and so saves so and so's bacon. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing you'll get out of it is if it actually gives you extra seeds to use in the campaign. Right. Right. Like, oh, this thing happened and this got created or right. they ignored this person who was asking them for help or like whatever it is mm-hmm. and then note that stuff and then that becomes like he says like if they make mischief or remember it use it against them right we can also use it for them right right but but integrating all that's pretty cool mm-hmm. um, it, it's interesting because it it definitely might uh, I don't know if this is a positive or negative it might uh, incent them to play differently than they normally would if they know, like, my character can't die, so who cares? Yeah. I'll jump off the cliff. Right. right? Yeah. Which could be super cool mm-hmm. and epic and heroic, but it might also, you know, be like, well, would your, would your character ever do that again? You know? Right. I mean, that's a thing to, to note as well. If if um, if there was... And it might even be interesting, because he's, he's doing Savage Worlds, um, to, to leave aside one of the... Um, Perks, I can't remember the, the term is for it, but like one of the aspect type things that you put in your not aspects, but you put in your character, um, like edges, leave, edges, like like leaving, yeah, like leaving edge or something blank, and then based on what they play, oh, give them that edge. There you go. Yeah. So if some guy like dives off, you're like, oh great, you're you know, 
or fearless or a general what it is right well, obviously I haven't played Savage Worlds in too long um, but give them some kind of edge based on that so then how are they elected to play kind of knowing that like yeah we're going to get through this and be badasses and whatever it is that actually informs their character right later mm-hmm. could be kind of interesting um, I like I like that idea um, I've talked a couple times previously about how I played in a uh, Songs of Ice and Fire Campaign Right And the very first session Like we'd made all our characters And everything And the first session Was like a one shot And basically the GM said Great Here's your characters We're going to put those over here Choose from these characters I already picked one And then They In a in a very Game of Thrones-esque Way of starting the campaign These uh, Iron Isles Raiders come in They destroy the town All sorts <clears throat> of Like horrible things occur And we're all people In that town and one of our characters survived, right? But we like knew exactly what was happening. We knew the setting. Right. We got to play the combat. We understood what the what the world was like. Mm-hmm. And then that character that managed to escape makes it to um, the the household, like the, the the fortress, like household of where our family was. Oh, okay. Because we were all family members. And then the first, so that was almost like the prequel. And then our first session, which was the next week with our characters, started with that person who's now an NPC right. coming in and talking about how this town, their town was savaged and blah, 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 thing. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, well, shit, we got to go figure that out. So mm-hmm. it's like we, it was also very cinematic in that part, like you're watching a TV series or a film and you see all the horrible stuff that happens. And then you go, right. here's the people who have to figure out part of it. And as the viewer, I kind of have some knowledge, but not right. everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I thought was super effective, mm-hmm. right? Um, didn't give me, didn't give us insights into our characters, but taught us all the other stuff. Right. I like the idea of having being their characters, um, and it as d- well. established a villain for you too, right. really yeah. well, well established. Yeah, 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 really, really well, right? And that's the thing too is if you're making a flashback, if you want to be setting up your big bad, give that that villain the same rule, where he's in there or she's in there, and you know they're going to survive. Yeah, right. And then it's like, oh, you you know, you th- yeah, you think about the first time you guys work together as a team or whatever it is, right? And it's like, yeah, you've been hunting this person down forever, so now you kind of have that built in, right? Whatever the the challenge or problem is, or the the bad guy, yeah, yeah, it's a neat, it's a really cool idea, yeah, it's super great. It so, might actually be really good for like a con game, actually. Just thinking about that, like a short little like. Combat, like right so up saying front. to yeah, to get yeah. them used to the system, <coughs> especially if you're running an unfamiliar system with everyone. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because yeah. I've run into that with Wild Towns a lot. I mean, I get uh, players who, who've played with me now a couple times, so they're used to the system. But especially at first, like people didn't know how it ran, went when at all. Right. So running a short little combat up front is something I do, and that's a great way to also kind of right. build that backstory quickly. It's awesome. Right. Yeah, and you said it's kind of a railroad. <laughs> I don't know if it has to be a railroad. I mean, the only railroady part is you know everybody lives. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And that may just be the GM instead of rolling for the bad guys to do stuff. He just narrates it, right? And you just yeah, yeah. Because then you say, "Oh, sorry, I got nineteen mm-hmm. raises on my damage roll. I've killed your character." Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like yeah, Oops. he swings and misses, or like right. yeah, your guys hit pretty hard and is knocked unconscious, or whatever. Like you can you so can the players can learn yes. are getting a, 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 a taste of the system, but right. And it, and make sure everyone is at least shaken once. Oh, so yeah, they know how much that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes being shaken. Uh, getting emotional investment from players from the Magic Octopus. What was the name of the octopus that could predict World Cup games? I'm sorry, what? Uh, oh, was I don't Paul? remember. It was some like normal name. You should look it up. They even wrote a song for him. 
Something the octopus. Something. Maybe his name was something. Something the octopus. You picked the World Cup winner. Something the octopus. You'd be really good for Paul. Dinner. It was Paul the octopus. Paul, Paul, right. Paul, Paul the octopus. Paul the octopus. Remember that song? It was awesome. Did they eventually eat him or something? Probably. Well, yeah, he was in. Uh, yeah, he picked one wrong. That was oh, it. He, he was in a restaurant, if I recall, or a, <laughs> or was it a bar. It was a restaurant or a bar, and but he ended up dying. And I, I think he did get a few wrong. So I think Aww. someone poured beer in his. Oh, like that's sad. I don't know what happened. That's horrible. I'm not sure. I know the octopus is delicious. It's a good way to go, though. Do you like octopus? I love octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Sushi. Uh, it, I don't know if I like the flavor as much, and the texture's weird. Right? Yeah, We're talking that's about this, this morning. Oh yeah, it is yeah. a little chewy. You have this amazing like toy that <clears throat> that Dash loves, which is Captain Calamari. And it's like <laughs> a pirate octopus. Uh-huh. That's awesome. And then I got talking about octopus, and there was like this really disturbing image right now on the internet, which is a turducken thing, but it's a turkey with an octopus jammed up that's in yeah. it. Nasty. It's a Cthulhu turkey. <clears throat> I'm like, that wouldn't no. be good. No, no, nothing good about nasty. that. Nasty. No, no, because it would be even more rubbery. Yeah, but I, my favorite, like, there's a. Uh, Takosu, it's a salad, mm-hmm. and it's a Japanese salad with very thinly sliced um, octopus. Octopus. Oh. It. It's my favorite dish at my local sushi bar. Nice. Uh, do you want, do you want uh, me to read this one because it's really long and your voice is tough. Uh, that's totally fine. I'm trying, Go I'm, for it. Trying to, I'm trying to help out. You're helping. All right. Uh, getting emotional investment from players from Magic Octopus. Hello, douchebagininos and douchebagininas. That's a good one. That's a new one. A good it one. is. Yeah. yeah. Muchas gracias. Uh, I have been running an Earth Dawn campaign for a while now, and the players keep coming back, so I guess they like it. I'd like to improve the game, however, and I need your help. Earth Dawn is a traditional fantasy world with elves and dwarves, etc. The ideology behind the world is that many of the old D&D tropes have been written into the history of the world so that they make sense. For example, there was an event called the Scourge, during which all races hid in underground caves, called Cares, and while the world was ravaged by horrors from beyond, hundreds of years later, the horrors have largely left, and the people have emerged from underground. Not all the cares survived. This has led to a situation where the world is largely uninhabited, and there are dungeons, I mean cares, full of monsters, and perhaps treasure to explore. Oh, because they took all of their, right, their, they took all their, their wealth with them. Right. right. Um, I'm enjoying the game, but there is one thing that keeps me from raising the game to the next level. I haven't succeeded yet in getting the players emotionally invested in the game or their characters. The characters aren't well-defined beyond their abilities and race. The game, at least to me, feels a bit superficial. The usual solution would be to include NPCs from the characters' backstories into the game. However, the premise of the game is that the characters have emerged from their underground cave to explore the outside world and go adventuring, leaving all their family and friends behind. Thus, they aren't really any, there aren't really any backstory characters around to mess with. I have one idea myself. Have a deity approach the character in a dream and give him a quest that might interfere with the group's other plans. This, I hope, would give the player a hook that would enable them to roleplay their character better. For the record, I do think my players, all three of them, can be good roleplayers and aren't really just those I-want-to-bash-some-orc types. They just need a nudge or a hook, and I think that's my job as the GM. What do you think? And do you have any ideas? Keep jacking the happy! Magic Octopus. That's good. I like that. Um, P.S. Have you seen the Dungeon Fantasy RPG powered by the GURPS Kickstarter? Yes, I have. Yeah. Mm. Mook's How to Be a GURPS GM is an add-on. 
Oh. As a physical book? Yeah, as a physical book. Awesome. Yes, I saw I saw the uh, uh, on the tweeters, I saw something from Steve Jackson Games. I, I think they were looking at print proofs yeah. of it. it was, uh, mm-hmm. If the project goes well, it might be uh, big for the future of GURPS. Excellent. And then PPS, before Stu goes on a rant about an established company going to the Kickstarter route, pre-orders from distributors for GURPS books have been on the decline for years. The fact yes. is delayed the GURPS Mars Attacks book and the Discworld, Discworld RPG book for a while now. Fans have been asking for a GURPS Kickstarter for a while because they felt that there was potential in the marketplace for GURPS material in physical form. Now Steve Jackson has agreed and started this project to measure the market. Oh yeah, the, the and and that is a that is not a GURPS is not a growth segment for Steve Jackson games. No, that is what no. He, he made that he gave us a very fairly clear impression of that when he right. was on the and, show several years. And as I recall, your biggest issue. Um, in terms of established companies taking the Kickstarter route is not a market test or here's something we've never done. It's more, we've had a lot of success with this product and as opposed to putting the revenues of that back into furthering the success of that product, we're just going to kickstart the product, the same product again. I think what I, the thing that actually set me off, and I don't remember exa- specifically who it was, but it was a reprint of something. Right. Mm. It's like, you shouldn't be charging enough for the book so that you can set a little bit aside mm-hmm. to print it again. Right. If it's successful, to be able to print it again. Yeah. Right. Right. Not have to go raise that, money to print it again. That, now, I, I, I believe that's the right. thing that if originally it, said. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I think if it was a like special reprinting, right, where, yeah, I can it, see that. where you're like, oh, hey, this is like some crazy thing in a, in a steel case with figure, like whatever it is. You're right. like, yeah, we're doing a reprinting, but this is like. A, a limited edition special reprinting we're going to do. And, you know, because we found that we have some super fans that really want this kind of thing. How do we have we, enough we, to we actually do it? We didn't anticipate doing that. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think Kickstarter has become a, a super interesting and very viable model for, uh, for role-playing and board gaming. It's right? also starting to become a, a marketing platform. Yeah, absolutely. Um which so you almost have to think of it differently now like yes. than, than yeah. when it started. Although, still, if you're just reprinting a book, just save a little money and just reprint sure. a book. Um, so, uh, how does he get some emotional my, connection? My suggestion when he mentioned the having a, de- a deity intervene and mm-hmm. give him a dream, mm-hmm. why don't you just introduce an NPC? Just introduce someone right. new that yeah. they can meet that maybe helps them out, or that they help out, or who <coughs> seems to be helpful or nice, and have them be there for several sessions until they get an attachment to them, and then kill them. Right. Well, <laughs> sure. well yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then weeding up. Yeah. Right. Then weeding. Then weeding the story. That's right. Playing on their emotions. That would be my. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be divine intervention to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But give them give them NPCs with a little bit of depth. Not even have to be a lot of depth, but just a little bit of depth. Right. That they see often. Maybe they need a guide. Maybe they're in a certain area that they mm-hmm. um, and they hire maybe a kid to be the guide for them. And he you know takes them through that. And he tells them about his family. And they, you know they trade stories back and right. forth. And after a while, you know, and all of a sudden, oh no! You wake up in the morning, and the kid's not there. Mm-hmm. You'll know if you got an emotional investment if they go to find out where the kid is rather than going on the rest of their quest. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I mean, you can also um, either inadvertently or advertently. Would that be what the opposite of inadvertently? Intentionally. Is? Intentionally. No, I like it, advertently. <laughs> um, uh, find out what you think the players would be emotionally attached to mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then translate that into the game 
because they will map it onto their character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you can you can do that by saying, "Oh, oh, wow, everybody here, like, you know, we all talk about what our favorite characters are and stories, and like, I know everybody at the table really likes, you know, the comic relief squire. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in there. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going adventuring, and like, wow, yeah, you guys have to go on this really long journey. You can't actually take all your stuff." Here's this guy who wants to go out, and he's like, oh, he's, you know, oh, kind of the bumbling guy or whatever. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, Frank Wynn, he's awesome, ha, ha, ha. You know, because you know that the players all like that kind of character. Right. Right? And then you, you're going to get, you're going to get buy-in from them, even if they kind of don't know it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. It can also happen inadvertently. I'm going to bring up a Kimmy story. Uh-oh. When uh, I played, we did a Grim game. Mm-hmm. And we got to the end of this big, long Grim game. Yes. And, um... It was Alice in Wonderland, and they they brought Alice back with them, and she realizes that she and they're at their school, yeah. and they're like, she realizes, oh, I don't know when I am, forget where I am, when I am. There's cars going by, and it's crazy because she's right. from Victorian England, right? And so she's like, what is all these things? This noise and everything, and she and and uh, this is another, and this is not always easy. And I don't even do it very well all the time, but I try to tap emotionally into myself, mm-hmm. so I'm presenting this girl who's lost, mm-hmm. she's scared, I'm like actually attempting myself to work some tears up at the table. You did a great job. And I was like, really, and I and I was like, and I said like, I'm never going to see my parents again. And Kimmy had to get up and leave the table because there was something that happened yeah. around her personal life that I completely forgot it occurred. Yeah. And I felt horrible afterwards. It was, it was totally like, fine. It was that inadvertent thing. Yeah. But it was like, whoa, that was like, that just hit a big thing, right? Right. And it's, and it's interesting because there's things that I've used or introduced or done as a player in games mm-hmm. that have never had a lot of meaning to me. And it sounds weird. Now that I'm a parent, mm-hmm. right. I actually think about those differently. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, imperiling a small child would be like crazy scary. Um, would be would be like crazy, crazy, frightening, uh, right? Ice cream. Speaking of endangered Daddy children, whiskey. thanks. Yeah. Uh, I want one. Huh? I want one vanilla. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ice, cream, ice, ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. Oh yeah. Now you ask. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, but I think like that. That's a whole thing too, right? And that yeah. can be the kind of thing. Like if you know. Like people at the table have kids, right? Like let th- like have a thing where like there's an orphanage that's being imperiled, and they're like watch them rally to like, oh, like yeah. defend that, right? Kids are like great for emotional connection and pulling yeah. heartstrings, especially right. yeah, especially to teachers and parents. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's that's kind of you know using what you know is going to connect to the players mm-hmm. as people into that. You know, yeah. the other thing is is yeah, just try to find out if there's. If, if the players in the other characters have ever given you any kind of indication whatsoever as what they might want to have happen or do, yeah, yeah, then use that as the as a big character. Well, also, you know, uh, something we do in games a lot is we make connections between different characters, um, like before the game starts, like as part of character creation. And I know there's a lot of um, systems that have that built in, like Apocalypse World and a mm-hmm. couple things like that. Like have them do some sort of thing like that, and then start pulling those. Like maybe two of them. Like helped save someone together in the past. Have that person right. pop up again from their backstory, and then suddenly you've got two people in the party who have a, probably a very large investment on helping mm-hmm. this person again. So you know more than like a random deity or you know an omnipotent being. You know that emotional connection of someone from their backstories. Their yeah. mom shows up. Their you know their kid you know shows up, and it's their character's nephew or something like that. Right. Something like that really can can pull them in as characters more. Um, 
in a way that maybe even a new PC or even somebody that like a personal attachment from their mm-hmm. player, not from their character side, can do too. Uh, th- and it's interesting because uh, Mook ran uh, a uh, a game at the last con I was at, mm-hmm. and he all the characters are pre-gen, but he started with with establishing having us establish a connection with the player to our left. I think it was right, um, and he would just ask a question. He's like, "So, what's the thing that your two characters did that got you in jail?" Yeah. And it was just like, and you're like, uh, so good, yeah. like, like so super open ended question, right? It wasn't right. like my character's a criminal or anything. Yeah, I'm like what? Oh, God, my guy's been in jail. Okay, uh, okay. Oh, we were, uh, you know, you make whoever does. Like, yeah. great. And he just had a question he asked that forced a response that mm-hmm. did that. And like a lot of times, the people would kind of collaborate really quickly at the table. Mm-hmm. But then there was an immediate connection going into a one shot where it's like, right. oh right, yeah, we know each other because yeah, remember that time where I took the hit and I went to prison because we were smuggling those muskrats across the border, <laughs> like whatever it was, right? Yeah. And so I, I think that's a, it's it's a really interesting like if this game system doesn't mm-hmm. actually um, have it built in like Traveler or mm-hmm. or even D and D five now, mm-hmm. right? Oh, well, ice cream. Uh-oh. Okay, here's yours. No, that's the one you've been licking. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Gonna lick before I do? No. no, no, no. I've never licked anything you've offered me like All right. that in one then hand. Then dump it in his mouth. Do that. Do you want to be trapped in here? No. We're actually doing a show, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Shut the door. Leave it alone. It's good. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Okay, they're fine. <laughs> We're super professional. <laughs> so I got ice cream. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Worked out well Steve for you. <laughs> whatever. Like the consolation prize. We'll look before you. Oh, uh, yeah. mm. <laughs> Game ideas in a new system from our friend in Newfoundland. Well, thank you, Magic Ox. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully that helped your octopus be more magical. Yeah. Hey, Douche Town USA's. Hey, it's my turn. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Did hey, I? He picked some ice cream and he goes all power. I know. Hungry. I read one. You read one. She read no, one. No. You read one. No, she no, read no, one. No. 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 No, you read one before I read one. I did? Again. Yeah. You, no, it went you, Kimmy, me, you. I don't and then I went because it was okay. a longer one because Kimmy's voice is bad. And okay. she's reading the last one. I'm reading the short one. Um, hey, Douchetown, USA's possessive. That's fine. Um, I have a topic I'd like to hear don't you count. discuss. Don't count. Don't argue. I'm going to count, too. It doesn't matter if I'm wrong. Fine. Just do it. Do it. Three. No, I'm out now. Four. I don't know. I lost count. Yeah, see? You can't even count higher than that. Go uh, ahead, Kimmy. Do right. it. Hey, Dave. Douchetown, USA. I have a topic I'd like to hear you discuss. How do you get a game idea for a system you've never run? I'm planning on running a vampire game in a couple of weeks, but I just can't think of something to run. I'm listening to your remote of Sin Game. Um, that's not in the email. And hoping to glean some ideas there. But right now, I'm simply at a loss for what to do. I simply want to run the system, but I don't have a decent way to start it up. Much love, your friend in Newfoundland. Newfoundland. <coughs> He's our friend. Mm-hmm. Or she's our friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This person is our friend. I, we, I think we only have one Newfie listener. Yeah? I, think, I believe so. Wow. Um, <coughs> the Well, I'll tell you how, how the, the Modusin game kind of came up. And it, ca- it came up the same way that the uh, Ghostbusters LA game came up, which was 
I want to run something from this quote unquote franchise, but I want it to be in my hometown. Right. Mm-hmm. So with the, the Ghostbusters thing, obviously it's not going to be the same people. So it's a franchise. Mm-hmm. They you know right. they started sure. expanding out and and adding, right. which they talked about in the original movie. Mm-hmm. That's right. They do. They, they wanted a franchise. That was mm-hmm. like their big plan. So and then and then I picked characters that who I thought would be more sort of stereotypical LA characters. And then and everyone made characters that were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like that. And then and and run a game in our landmarks so it doesn't include you know the big tall New York skyscrapers and the right. the, mm-hmm. the horrible sequel that had the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't uh, even think about that. No. I'm trying to think about that. But, uh, and, and then it's try, just mark it with the stamp of your local. I, I hit the table again. Sorry, camera. Um, <laughs> mark it with the stamp of your your local town. Mm-hmm. Now, I there may only be 12 people in Newfoundland, so that <laughs> may sort of limit. They're all vampires. They're, no, no. They can't be because they have to eat. That's the whole problem. Maybe they leave to eat and they come back. Maybe. Well, Great Big Sea has four members and they're all from Newfoundland. So Mm. there's got to be at least. Wow. So that's like 33% (laughs) of the. (laughs) A third of the people are in Newfoundland. A third of the people in Newfoundland are in a band. Wow. (laughs) Well, I assume they play venues there probably more than once a year. Maybe. Maybe there are more than 12 people. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's new. That's I don't know how many people are there. When, when I'm trying to come up with an idea, especially for something like that, and the vampire was the same way. It's like I, I, I wanted, it, I wanted it to be like a, a limited area, so I put it on an island, which is a real easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. I kind of made it Catalina, kind of, but kind of not. Yeah, and then uh, I just kind of populated the rest of Los Angeles with people, and then just see what happens because I really had no. I had no plan when I ran that game. <laughs> That's good because we wouldn't have followed that plan. I had I whatever your plan. Was. I mean, I had a. I knew that there was going to be conflict <laughs> between political players, but I didn't really know when that was going to happen and how right. that was going to happen. So I just kind of just went with it, yeah. rolled with it. But I, I. But if you can come up with an interesting premise, it uh, for a vampire, the important things are you have to have a large population base nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, or a reason for people to come to uh, the sparsely populated place, mm-hmm. which is why we had a resort island, right? Um, where you know, you know, tens of right. hundreds of thousands of people come there every you know every month to to mm-hmm. vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need you need to have a, a a political framework for the vampires, mm-hmm. and that, obviously that they give you that in the rule book. There's tons of books <clears throat> for that game, and then also. Uh, you, you need to make sure that you have the place sort of fraught with with problems or potential dangers. Mm-hmm. Um, rival vampires, people who are on the verge of discovering what's happening, maybe some people who aren't as accessible that are kind of hard to get to. Yeah. Uh, or are very visible. Like mm-hmm. you can't just, you know, like let's say you suspect let's say you're doing it in, in present times and there's going to be a presidential campaign or a parliamentary campaign in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have the, is Newfoundland is it, is I it? think everything's decided with rock paper scissors there yeah. is that's the Rochambeau <laughs> system yeah, yeah right. it's the Rochambeau <laughs> system of government so we're but, seriously considering that at this point yes yeah. <laughs> but let's say let's say you know that you, you one of the two political candidates knows that vampires exist or maybe oh. one of the two political candidates 
you happen to know or notice is ghouled by a rival group of vampires. Ooh, that's so, fascinating. You know that. <clears throat> Bring in what's going on in, in you know your modern mm-hmm. news and stuff like that just to, to give yourself a jump start. Once it gets going and the if you've got proactive players, game prep gets small. I mean, mm-hmm. the last game session that was my game prep that yeah. that newspaper right there. Because that she's, yeah, she's, the, the, she's the, the one single sheet. That I don't know if we'll see that. She's talking about his single sheet. Mm-hmm. Exciting. It's Good. beautiful. And that's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Tear out my gaslight. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I guess light. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, rather than try to come up with some sort of inspirational thing, because a lot of times those inspirational things, at least in, in my experience, they tend to be kind of overblown uh, and a little anticlimactic. Like, mm-hmm. here's the big thing that I came up with. Really? That's it? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, great job. <laughs> right, and I've heard that more than once. But um, I think if you can come up with an interesting and perilous situation, you don't need to have necessarily a theme. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of putting stuff where you're familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, putting it in your hometown. If your hometown has a population large enough to support sure, to support sure. that <laughs> enough vampires to make an interesting game, yeah, right, or someplace that's close enough by where you. Mm-hmm. You have an idea of what happens there, right? Like yeah. you can draw on stuff instantly. It could be said in Newfoundland town. Yeah, yeah, yeah or Old Finland. Ooh. Old Finland. Right. I really like um, when I'm trying out because the first time I ran Wild Talents, I'd never played it before. In fact, I've still never played Wild Talents. You've only run it. I've only run it a million times. Um, I always like to try and think of like a weird hook first. So, like superpowers, like is the system for Wild Talents. So the first time I was running it, I was like. Okay, what would be super different with superpowers? How can I make this, like, other than just a superhero game, what what would make it dangerous or different? And I was like, oh, Salem Witch Trials. That's a great explanation for the, you know, them thinking it was mm-hmm. witches and blaming Satan for people popping up with superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding a cool twist like that is what I like to do. Um, so thinking about that with vampires, maybe vampires are... Good guys, like play on what we know about vampires. Um, you know, it's hard I, if you want to stay true to the the um, vampire, the masquerade, or any of the vampire systems. You know, you have to kind of incorporate some of the cool um, culture and systems that they've already come up with with the clans and things, which is really vast. And like mm-hmm. just reading through those books, you can come up with some really amazing ideas. Um, but that's what I, I always like to do. I always like to turn the the setting a little bit on its head and tw- and tweak it that way. I've only almost played in Vampire once. <laughs> it was so close. I was like on so the cusp. Close. With that mediocre Dave seventy seven was gonna run it too. Oh, so oh no I was wonder. like, I was gonna do it anyway. <laughs> you know. Because I like a guy who's more concerned about his own acting ability than whether I'm mm-hmm. having fun. But it's uh, <laughs> But um Oh I, I kid, I kid, I kid. <laughs> Uh, oh, the hate mail is starting. Like, whoa! Ah. Bill is secretly angry, GM. Yeah. Um, but it's. But I think the thing that was. I, I so I read a bunch of the lore, and it was like super interesting, mm-hmm. right? And, and it was <coughs> neat because because Dave was going to take like here's a slice of how I want to tell a story in this. Dave I'm, says he's not mediocre. He's merely less. Ah, uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, you're aces to me, buddy. <laughs> um, and so it's. The kind of thing where, like, he was like, this is my area I'm taking a slice of. 
some of this stuff makes sense, maybe some of it doesn't. Like you know, because you can you can narrow your field. The other thing which I've been thinking of trying to run something in this way where it's like you're you're taking like something like vampire, but then getting inspiration from something else and overlaying how vampires would work. Like how would vampires work in like a NCIS CSI setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they're the paranormal investigators, and there's been this like a lot of vampire slayings? It's like you're the ones that have to go to these <laughs> crime scenes and figure out what's happened, and like you know, like take some genre that you like, yeah, and then place buddy cop that on top, movie. or just place <laughs> vampires on top of it, or in mm-hmm. it, or whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you know, family sitcom, but you know, with vampires. Or, I don't know, <laughs> but they're you know, or or stories well, you like. What right? we do in shadows? Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, oh, brilliant, brilliant, freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think the thing that's that's also interesting is is if you're a lot of these questions are all these questions are answered if you play in the vampire setting. But if you're going to kind of use vampire as your rule set and come up with your own slant on it, is you have to ask yourself. And maybe your players like a bunch of questions like like are vampires known or unknown? Like is there a masquerade or not a masquerade? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Or and maybe that's different for where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you're in some section where it's like, oh yeah, you know, everybody kinda knows there's vampires. But mm-hmm. there's an ecosystem that fits that because yes, we're able to feed, and yes, that whole thing is because really the reason that they're okay with that is we're kind of the cops against the lichens <laughs> that are the actual real nasty threat. Right. right. That will come in and like we're at least have a, a like a an ecology mm-hmm. right. with this large population base, and they understand that we're going to need to feed and everything. The, Where the lichens are going to come almost in, almost symbiotic, just, right? right. And because, right. because really, the big threat is the lichens that are going to come in, and werewolves are just going to eat everybody, yeah. mm-hmm. right, or, or something like that, right? So there's, it, it's it's kind of just what you think would be a fun mm-hmm. story to have your players run around in, right? You can almost start by. Removing the vampire part of it if it makes it easier for you to think about what to do. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, what would be really neat? Oh, maybe like having them be the heroes that defend a town. Well, what does that mean if they're vampires? Mm-hmm. And then try to layer that kind of thing in. Yeah. Maybe go back, take the like suggestion from that earlier email, have them pay, play their like vampire ancestors. Like have them make mm. their characters, have them do like their first combat as their vampire, like great great grandsires or whatever, and then have them come back. So now they have like they are now weighted with the. They are the inheritor of mm-hmm. this great dynasty that they have to right. now, like live up That's to. Cool. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that would work. I think. Maybe. Well, hopefully <laughs> That'd be that hard to make those characters because they'd be crazy powerful. But it would be. Well, that's just hand hand So yeah, but yeah, if you're just <laughs> new to the system too, that's tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, have fun. More than anything, our yeah. friend in Newfoundland have a good time have with fun. it because if you don't know the system, my guess is they don't know the system either. So whatever. <laughs> right. Learning together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thanks for Great Big C. Yes. We like them. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic. Because you probably know them because there's like 12 of you. Because there's 12 of you. <laughs> exactly. All right. I think, right. Is that, I think that's it. That's, that's, that's all, our last that's all that's yeah. on the papers. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, well, next Saturday again, 1030 a.m. Pacific time, hopefully on YouTube. We may have to switch back to the other channel. I wonder if that's why it's not working. Uh, I don't think that's it. I have theories. Because I looked. Because I, I, I'm looking. Yeah, and it says we're streaming. Yeah. But neither channel yeah, is receiving a stream. Right. It's we'll figure that. it out. It'll be good. We'll work on Kimmy it. Kimmy knows what it is, but she's not going to say it on while, air. while the camera's watching. She's gonna, you're going to well, get I think, it. Well, I think we have to try YouTube Live instead of YouTube Events. But I want to have an event. I want to have a scheduled event. And okay. if I do it through my default one, it will work. It didn't work last time either. 
No, it, it would have. I it found out why it would. I think it did. No, it did. We'll see. You'll it's going to anyway, be so be smooth. <laughs> so smooth. Like butter. Like you'll butter. see. <laughs> All right. You can tell me. Thank you for joining us for season <laughs> 17. 17, episode 17, 17 of Happy Jack Jumper Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. And I'm Bill. And we'll leave you with a song. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. What brings you so early unto this green spot? My father's in the field and he's waiting for me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. My father's a shepherd herding sheep on the hill. If you get his sanction, I'll be at your will. And if he does grant it, then right glad I'll be. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Good morning to your old man, you're counting your flock. Could you spare me a ewe lamb for to keep up my stock? And grass for to feed her on yonder green lee. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Gang down to yon burnside and choose your ain lamb. You can get it as easy as any man can. And grass for to feed her on yonder green lee. Call the owls to the nows, Molly by the hand and right for her father this couple did stand saying this is the ewe lamb that I asked from thee call the owls to the nows Molly and me call the owls to the nows Molly and me oh Tommy oh Tommy it's me you beguiled I sure did not think that you meant my own child and since I have said it, well then let it be. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. Call the owls to the nows, Molly and me. The preceding program has been a presentation of. 
of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.